Hey there, welcome to Havilah's podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here as we dive headfirst into this exhilarating episode. I think what's so remarkable about this month's series is that I am doing something I have never done before. In the history of this podcast, after years and years, I am dishing out some exclusive excerpts from my brand new book called Created to Hear God right here on this episode. And that, in fact, last time we delved into the first chapter, why can't I hear God? Man, a lot of you loved that chapter. I got to read your reviews and talk to a lot of you. And I guess we're just not alone. We have that same question stirring in our hearts. And today we're plunging into the second chapter. Doesn't matter if I hear God or not. Does it really matter? But it's a really important episode, or I should say week for me, because it is launch week. And launch week is where this entire manuscript book of my heart is born. It's in a public setting and it's live. Anywhere books are sold, you can grab the Created to Hear God. Now you might be scratching your head like, have I've been following you for a while and you put out a lot of books. And what's the big deal about this book? Well, the, the books that I put out regularly are Bible studies. They're shorter. They're daily experiences. I love them. I work really hard on them. But this is only my second book that I have meticulously written and published with Thomas Nelson. And it holds this really special place in my heart. It's called Created to Hear God for Unique and Proven Ways to confidently discern his voice. This is the culmination of 25 years of diving into and unraveling the mysteries of how God communicates. And I've combined those 20 years, well, learning for 25 years and then teaching for another 20 years of a message. And then eight years ago, I took all of that content, all of my experience. I, I just dove really deep to study it. And I birthed my empowerment course called Prophetic Personalities. Some of you have taken it. In fact, thousands of you have taken my Prophetic Personality course. And it's where we explored the idea of what a knower, seer, feeler, and hearer is when it comes to hearing God's voice. Thousands of you joined in and it was powerful. It's been a crazy journey. But I knew there was more. Like the, the prophetic personality course was awesome, but not everybody has time to go through eight different teachings and eight different empowerments and eight different encouragements. And I knew that there are some of us that need it in a book. We need to know stories behind it. We need to know the weaknesses, the strengths, and you need more. And that's what this book is. So after a grueling three years, I want to say it was easy, but it was not easy. A lot of tenacity, a lot of toil. Today is the day that this, well, my heart's book is born and it goes public. So right now, Created to Hear God is public on, it's hard book, hardback cover, it's Audible, and it's on Kindle and all of that's available. So I wholeheartedly believe that Created to Hear God, it carries this message that will unleash an unprecedented power to, well, empower our generation, empower each of us to forge a profound connection with our creator. Like if we don't have a connection with our creator, then we are just 
religious. We are just going through the motions or we aren't at all. And we're just disconnected. And so this book is that, it's that invitation to a unique and proven method to confidently discern God's voice in your life. I believe everybody deserves to hear God. And that's why I have worked so hard on this specific resource. So before we do anything, I suggest go get your cup of coffee, maybe your walking shoes, pop those earbuds in, because we're going to dive right into chapter two of my brand new book, Created to Hear God. And on the other side, I'll tell you a little bit more of what we have prepared for you. Chapter two, does it matter if I hear God or not? Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Isaiah 30, 21. Many of us have experienced trauma. We've been frozen in those moments where the world seems to stop. And we don't know if we're going to make it to the next breath. We've lost jobs. We've lost loved ones. We've lost property and health. And in those times, I think about God's voice and I realize how much I value it. A constant reminder that he is with me. One morning, I heard the kind of scream a parent's heart knows is bad. You see, I have four sons. Our home is wild and there is lots of energy. When the boys were little, there was lots of crying too. And sometimes a mom hears an upset child and thinks, yeah, you're being dramatic, but you're going to live. This was not that kind of sound. It came from our third born son, Grayson. I found our 18 month old outside, terrified, pounding on our sliding glass doors. Blood was coming out of his mouth and was running down his shirt. I was stunned. He had broken a screen in a window on the second story of our home and had fallen onto a concrete slab. A blur of emergency calls, an ambulance ride, and an ER visit ensued. At the hospital, we were ushered into the same room we were in a year earlier when Grayson had nearly drowned. If you ever wonder why I look so tired, well, there you go. I didn't know how serious his injuries might be because the people who could tell me were busy doing their jobs. Someone said he might have internal bleeding. We were rushed to radiology for a scan. Okay, mom, the technician said, I need two things from you. I was relieved to finally be able to do something to help. I need you to hold Grayson's head steady because he needs to be as still as possible. Also, I need you to talk to him by leaning over him, speak words that will keep him awake and calm, say his name and tell him he's going to be okay. Gosh, I'll never forget that moment. I leaned over Grayson with no idea of what would happen while fear frantically knocked on the door of my heart. I didn't know if we were going to lose him. I did my best to steady my trembling hands as I held his head. And I looked in his eyes and while speaking to him softly and constantly, I love you, Grayson. Mommy loves you. I love you so much. You're going to be okay. It's okay, Grayson. We're helping you. That man over there is helping us. Terror was all over Grayson's face. He went into the machine and came back out. He went in, 
came back out. Time seemed to stand still. As I was leaning over Grayson, holding his head and comforting him, I felt the Holy Spirit lean over my life and say, whatever happens, Havala, you're going to make it. You're going to be okay. I've got you. I'm here with you. The third time Grayson came out of the scan, I felt him take a deep breath. Then all the color rushed back in his face. He looked at me with his little blue eyes, and I saw the spark come back into them. He gave me a smile. When it was over, the technician came to retrieve us, leading us to the exit. I quickly grabbed his arm, ignoring those appropriate boundaries, and asked him, Hey, is it really bad? Like, please, can you tell me anything? Seeing my desperation, he said, Well, I can't tell you anything, but if it helps, if it were really bad, you'd have a nurse with you. I heaved a sigh of relief. When a nurse came in to take us back to the room, for a hot second, I thought about yelling, get out, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Miraculously, Grayson wasn't seriously injured. During his fall, he had only cut his tongue. and That's where all the blood was coming from. Other than a few bumps and bruises, he was fine. The doctor gave us the good news and said, well, it's all good. Grayson's okay. You can gather your things and leave. I stood there shocked. You can only imagine the extreme lows and highs we had felt in just a few hours. I said to the doctor, well, my family can leave, but I'm staying and I'll need a bed and some drugs, please. (laughs) And like right now, I tend to make jokes in intense situations. Everyone laughed and I went out with my family. After leaving the ER, I stood in the parking lot, hugging my husband, Ben, with Grayson squeezed between us while happy tears streamed down our faces onto his little body. We hugged, prayed, and we thanked God for another day with our son. When we are in crisis, God leans over us and speaks words of comfort in the same way any loving parent would do for their panicked child. If we can hear him, we can hear his love in that voice of comfort when we need comfort, that voice of connection when we need connection, that voice of guidance when we need guidance. The Holy Spirit speaks this way over us in every environment that we enter. When our world feels chaotic, and we don't have the answers to the questions, and we don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit wants to grab us, look us in the eyes and say, I am not hiding from you, sweetheart. I am not hiding from you, my son. I've got you. I'm going to speak the words you need to keep you alive in this season. His is the voice above all other voices that has the power to settle us. It's what saves us from having to be the biggest person in the room, the intellectual, the emotionally intelligent, the one who has the right answer to every question. Instead, we can be the one who relies on God, who knows us and created us and formed us. 
the God who can speak to the storm. His is the voice that says, hey, I know you. I see you. I love you. And I am with you. Our lives are extremely important to him. And that those things we think aren't valuable enough to bring to him, nothing is too much to ask of me, he says. Let me be God. I'm really, really good at it. When we recognize that voice, we experience its power. We can rest in its protection. Everything changes, even if it seems like nothing changes. The gift that we have in hearing God's voice is one of the greatest gifts that we've been given and will get us through any moment of crisis. The power of a connected life. When we disconnect from the divine, we go from thriving to surviving. We're reduced to grabbing scraps off the floor instead of pulling up a seat to the table loaded with God's feast. When we're in survival mode, we make terrible decisions. I know I do. We waste opportunities. Our lives become fear-based rather than faith-based. Let me ask you a few critical questions. How can you have a relationship with God if you can't hear him? How can you live as you were created without ever speaking to your creator? How can you access all his resources if your conversation isn't a two-way street? Every single day, we face a crazy number of situations that require our response. If we don't know how to hear God's voice, we have to react to all those things on our own, blindly. It's no wonder we deal with so much collective anxiety and depression. But God, who doesn't force himself on anyone, would like to step fully into your life and show you what is possible. It's hard for him to do that if you can't hear everything he's trying to say. The human need for connection is undeniable. An unmet need for connection and communication is deadly. The hopelessness will kill you. And I'm not being melodramatic. According to psychologist Amy Sullivan, your level of cortisol, a stress hormone, goes up when you are lonely. Chronic stress can lead to too many health issues, including heart disease and cancer. Because of its many health risks, Recent studies compare the effect of loneliness to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Additionally, studies show having a relationship with God and hearing him speak to you has enormous value. Numerous studies show that people who report feeling God's love directly feel less lonely, less anxious, less fearful, and less stressed. Connection to God is vital for your whole self, mind, body, soul, and spirit. The bottom line, hearing God speak to you is good for you, but not hearing God speak to you is stressful and potentially dangerous. Why? Because intimate connection with your creator is a need, not a want. You see, once our desires, they can be dismissed, ignored, outgrown. 
your wants change depending on the season, your age, your circumstances, and so on. Wants come and go. They are useful, but not essential. But needs? Needs are essential. They cannot be dismissed. They stay until they are met, period. Your needs demand to be met. It's your choice whether that happens in a healthy or an unhealthy way. And if you don't meet your needs, you will die or feel dead. Ignoring our needs is no way to live. In fact, it's unsustainable. If you get only one thing out of this book, here it is. You ready? Hearing God speak isn't a want. It's a serious and vital need. It's essential to emotional and spiritual health. The nagging ache you sometimes feel cannot be relieved except by divine connection. You can try to ignore your need to hear from God, but at your core, you and every human on the earth have a need to be known. When you feel known, you are safe to belong. And when you feel known, you feel loved. It's undeniable. The power of being known is enormous. Jesus talked about this exact thing. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you stay joined to me and I to you, you will produce plenty of fruit. But separated from me, you won't be able to do anything. John 15, 5. The truth is undeniable. We were created for connection. The best part, you don't have to do this life alone because you are a branch joined to the vine of Christ. You have an all access pass to God. When you live connected to God, you live connected to your power source. You live a powerful life because you have a powerful God. You have access to the miraculous. Just as a lamp needs to be plugged in, your life needs to be connected to your power source. If a lamp isn't working, you don't start yelling at it, telling it to try harder. You don't sit there wondering if it's defective. That's just crazy. A lamp wasn't created to light up on its own. It must be plugged into a power source. And when it's connected, it works as designed. To put it another way, if you live a life disconnected from God, you are disconnected from all the resources available through Him. Without a God connection, life is infinitely harder than necessary, maybe even unbearable. Sure, you live out your own success story. Maybe you get the degree, marry your high school sweetheart, you have the kid, buy the house, you make a brand out of yourself. But apart from God, it will never be enough. So why settle for second-rate existence? In his gospel, John told the story of a woman who came to get water from a well in the middle of the day. Jesus struck up a conversation with her. It took a shocking turn when he asked her to get him some water. The woman answered, I'm surprised that you asked me for a drink. You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans. Jesus answered, you don't know what God can give you. 
and you don't know who I am. The one who asked you for a drink. If you knew, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water. The woman said, sir, where will you get that living water? The well is very deep and you have nothing to get water with. Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob? He is the one who gave us this well. He drank from it himself and his sons and all his animals drank from it too. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water I give will never be thirsty again. The water I give people will be like a spring flowing inside of them. It will bring them eternal life. John 4, 9-14. The woman was thinking only of an external connection to meet her needs, and she wasn't wrong. But Jesus was saying that she needed more. When you landed on this round planet, you were equally as cute as you were needy. You came with a set of visible needs, and those needs were basic, like food, warmth, clothing, shelter, protection. But you also had invisible needs too. Things like comfort, belonging, love, compassion, and empathy. Jesus was revealing to this woman that she had needs outside of the daily grind. He showed her a glimpse of the supernatural available in her natural. Think about it. She was not in a synagogue, a church, or a temple. She was getting water, doing what needed to be done, and Jesus interrupted her daily life to speak to her. He explained he knew a way to meet her deepest needs, not just daily water for her body, but also divine nourishment for her soul, which has a thirst that can be quenched only through connection and communication with God. As I've said, connection with our Creator is vital for our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. God wants to be an endless source and resource for us. And yet most of us, yes, I'm talking about us, Jesus-loving people, are living disconnected from the divine, trying to figure out life on our own. If we're disconnected and desperate, we'll try to use someone else's connection to God for ourselves. There's nothing wrong with asking a trusted friend or a mentor for wisdom or accepting a word from God delivered by another person, but God never intended for us to wait for others to connect us to heaven. Why settle for secondhand knowledge, leftovers, or a limited human supply? I mean, think about the difference between a reservoir and a well. Yeah, they both look the same. Both hold water. Both can quench your thirst for a time. But a reservoir holds water someone puts into it. And a well provides water from a greater source that doesn't need to be replenished. Any human you turn to, no matter how easily they hear God, is offering you water from their own limited reservoir. They can't offer you water from the bottomless well you could get directly from God. Too many of us are willing to settle for water from a reservoir when we could be living on water from the bottomless well of divine connection. We live like this until we wake up and understand the 
power of a connected life, which is the purpose of this book. Now more than ever, I hear people saying that they are finished with trying to be, and I quote, be a Christian. They dismiss the spiritual awakening that brought them to Christ. They deem organized religion an outdated, if not outright, villainous institution. They refer to their brothers and sisters in Christ as those people, as if to blame others for shutting them out. But why? So many of them have said to me with varying levels of discouragement or desperation, I can't hear God. And here's the thing. I believe them. They've been living a second-class spiritual experience that would tempt any one of us to give up. If any of the struggles I've described in this chapter resonate with you, I want to invite you to reflect on a few questions. First, could my struggle with anxiety, pain, frustration, and apathy have the same cause? Am I struggling because I'm not plugged into God? Could the deep ache inside of me exist because of an invisible disconnection? Could my disconnection be leading me to think things that are untrue or to do things I don't want to do? I'm convinced that learning how to stay connected to God is just as important as having electricity in your home. Imagine what your life would be like if your purpose had endless supplies of power. What if you could know the answers to your questions anytime, anywhere? Now, imagine having none of that. And some of us don't have to think too hard. Living as a person of faith without being connected will cost you more than your electricity bill. And learning to connect with God will change your whole life. It certainly changed mine. The ripple effect of connection. In chapter one, I described my struggles with feeling like a second-class Christian because I didn't hear God the way others did. Somewhere along the way, I began to open myself up to radical possibilities. Maybe I'm not a failure or a heathen. I'm just trying to ignore my insatiable need for connection. What if my negative choices are nothing more than a weak effort to have my way or to get through another day? Could my discouragement be caused by disconnection? And is that what's making me feel defeated? I'm happy to report God met me in answering these questions and began to teach me the truth. Since then, the insights he has given me has opened doors to teach to thousands of people throughout North and South America Europe, and Australia. I've had a front row seat to thousands of people learning to hear the voice of God immediately and continuously. People who are connected to God are powerful conductors of supernatural electricity. When we are connected to God, He can use our connection to help and serve others. The ripple effect is profound. Together, all of us who are connected have the potential to change thousands of lives. And there has never been a more crucial time to strengthen our connection. Once you learn how to hear God's voice, it becomes the anchor that stabilizes every aspect of your life. You can apply his words again and again as he leads you into life 
he purposed for you to live. It's the grounding force that distinguishes those of us who hear and know from those of us who are, well, still searching. Sometimes in our spiritual walk, we forget the gifts we've received. I think the enemy works hard to make us forget our full ability to live the life God wants for us. But when Jesus left the earth, he said, and this is my paraphrase, I'm not leaving you without anything. I'm giving you a gift. I'll be standing at the right hand of the Father, interceding on your behalf, but you are not going to lack a thing. The Holy Spirit in our lives, the Spirit that speaks to us, is the gift of connection. It's not something that we have to earn. It's one of the greatest gifts of our salvation. It's one of the greatest gifts that we can share with others. For it's how we all can draw near to Him. When we receive this gift of God's presence, we become partners with Him. And it empowers us to live fully present to our purpose on the planet. All right, you guys, it's a wrap. Chapter two. Did you like it? I hope you did. I know a lot of those things are really, really important. Before we start defining how God is speaking to us, we have to define how and why it's important that he speaks to us. So if you like this chapter or the last two chapters, I want to encourage you, go grab the book. There's so much more in that. And it's everything I know on the topic. Now, for some of you, you're excited about this topic. Maybe you bought the book and you're ready to go. I have an invitation for you. I want to invite you to my annual global Bible study slash books study slash devotional. It's just really a time that we gather for the first 10 days of January, 2024. And I sit at my kitchen table and I teach you daily devotionals through my created to hear God book. It's going to be a little different this year because we're not going to go through every single chapter of the book. We're going to do an intro but you're going to love it. It's 10 days. I'm going to sit for about 10, seven to 10 minutes a day, give you something to think about, give you something to walk away with. And I think it's the perfect way to start your brand new year. So if you want to join us, you can look at the show notes and look for the link to, to sign up, or you can look at your inbox or on our socials. It's free. Anyone is welcome all over the world. It's my gift to you to get us all on the same page and to empower us that we can hear God's voice and you deserve to hear God's voice. And 2024 should be a year where you are no longer wondering if you're hearing his voice, but you confidently know what he is saying and how he says it. All right, you guys, that's it for now. I will see you next week as we dive again into my brand new book, Created to Hear God. Catch you next time.